News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 163 of the Luke Messias Show. Guys, there's a lot going on in Texas um, this week. I am going to focus on just a handful of the things that I think are most relevant and important for you to know that I think will give you context to the current conflicts happening. Last week, we talked to you about Greg Abbott endorsing basically the more liberal option in almost every single runoff election in Texas, except for a handful where he's just stayed out entirely. Okay, so he's either endorsing the more liberal option or staying out entirely. Uh, this week, we are going to talk to you about a couple things. One, Dade Phelan's recent remarks about Dan Patrick's strong stance against Disney. Um, but before that, we are going to start with Governor Abbott's border plan because Governor Abbott came out with a border plan, which I always think is super entertaining because every time Abbott has been on Fox News, he has said, we are doing everything we possibly can to secure the border. And what we see time and again, and if you want updated numbers. You can follow Matt Schaefer on Twitter. He's very good about every week updating us with how many illegals have crossed the Texas border. And it's tens of thousands of people every single week. So we keep on doing everything we can. And then tens of thousands of people cross. So then six months later, Abbott says, well, now I'm going to do something new, which implies that he wasn't doing everything he could from the beginning, which we all knew. One of those things, and we'll start in a positive way, one of those actions is having a more positive effect, which is actually a portion of Don Huffine's plan when he ran for governor, which is that it will – that they are significantly um, increasing the amount of checkpoints and stopping and inspecting of vehicles coming into Texas. And this is causing a backlog from commercial traffic that is coming into Texas. This is the good policy. This is the one you probably haven't heard about because it hasn't gotten as much attention as the other one, which we'll talk to you about in a second, the more gimmicky policy. But uh, if any of you followed Don Huffine's campaign when he was running, he said that we need to create state checkpoints. We need to strip these commercial vehicles down. We need to significantly stop the inbound traffic. He then actually took it so far as to say temporarily, we just need to cease inbound traffic altogether. Um, We'll come back to that policy in a second, but that is the more productive policy that Governor Abbott has said. We are going to significantly increase our inspections, which is slowing commercial traffic. So these big trucks that are trying to get their goods to Texas are being slowed. And the reason that has a positive effect is that it's telling Mexico, you really need to stop enabling mass human trafficking and an invasion at the southern border. It hasn't gone far enough. We need to take it a step further. We need to declare an invasion. We need to actually force these illegals to stay in Mexico. And until we do that, we're not really taking it seriously. But that is a good policy regardless of the fact that it it doesn't go far enough. The gimmicky policy is that Governor Abbott said we are going to bus illegals to Washington, D.C., Now, this one got all the headlines. Bunch of people wrote about it, Fox News. And this is what we've found with Governor Abbott. He often is trying to be a headline-driven governor. And many of the media that play into that give him the headlines he wants time and time again. He has these press conferences. And then if you read most of the headlines that come out following that, they are what he was making these statements for. He's very smart in that way. So he said, we're going to bus illegals to Washington, D.C., And a bunch of people got really excited about it. Um, Even young conservatives of Texas came out and they were saying, oh, my gosh, our governor's based. Is he based? And um, no, 
turns out he was not. Because when, the next day, when some clarification was brought, he said, well, here's the thing. In this program, we are going to ask the illegals if they would like to go to Washington, D.C. And if they volunteer to be part of our program, we will stick them on a bus and we will drive them to Washington, D.C. So I want you to think about this for a second. You're an illegal. You know you're breaking the law. You're walking into a country. You're breaking their laws by coming into their country. And then the state officials walk up to you and say, welcome to Texas. If you would like, we will stick you on a beautiful air-conditioned bus. We will pay your way, and we will send you to our nation's capital. Now, would that tell you as an illegal, man, these people take their border security really seriously? Or would it tell you, man, thank you so much. That's actually why I came. My cousin's in the Northeast. Like, my goal is to get there at some point. The fact that you're going to pay to send me there, fantastic. Do you think the Democrats— in the Northeast are like, darn it, more illegals are coming. No, they actually don't even think they are illegal. Julian Castro, all these people when they were campaigning for president said, we need to stop criminalizing crossing the border. So they don't even see these individuals as illegally in the country. They would like to give these people citizenship so that they have more Democrat voters. That is their goal. They want to undermine the sovereignty of the nation. So we're not sticking it to the man and angering the liberals. And not only that, we're not even forcing illegals to do the actions we want them to do. We're letting them decide. Would you like to stay here in Texas or would you like to go to D.C.? It's your decision. Dana Perino with Fox News pushed Governor Abbott on this and said, hey, why is this voluntary? He said, well, Dana, if I just picked you up and put you on a bus and drove you down here, I would be kidnapping you implying that if they were to take someone who's illegally crossing the border, stick them on a bus against their will and drive them to D.C., that they would be kidnapping that individual, which is not true because we pick those people up and put them into holding cells in this in the border. So it just shows that the governor is just not taking this issue as seriously as he could. The one part about his plan that is good is that checkpoint plan. You already have trade associations coming out saying this is hurting our business because businesses don't care about the illegal invasion if they're making money. Okay. And so a lot of these trade corporations and, uh, you know, these, these lobbyist run associations are coming out saying, Hey, we don't like this policy. And again, this is the policy that Don Huffine said we should start enacting. When he did, Dade Phelan actually came out, the speaker. I couldn't find the tweet. I was looking for it. But at the time, Dade Phelan had come out and actually tweeted like this is this is a bad idea because there was a uh, an interview that Don did where he said we need to stop all inbound commercial traffic. And he said this will hurt our economy. Um, he's not criticized Governor Abbott, but that's because they are working in tandem to try to make the House more liberal. And that is a perfect segue into Dade Phelan's comments because Dade Phelan was in East Texas at the – Lone Star Legislative Summit, and this is in Nacogdoches, Texas, run by Travis Clardy. A lot of state representatives go there, lobbyist groups go there, and they talk about the upcoming legislative session. And um, to give you context to this, Dan Patrick recently came out and said that he is going to prioritize the legislation that uh, Ron DeSantis passed in Florida that restricted – basically banned teachers in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade from discussing sex with their students. Now, by the way, that makes sense. 
In fact, most parents would polled not only completely agree, Democrats, independents, Republicans, they're like, yeah, I actually, hey, this might surprise some of you, but most parents, even if they're not Christians, even if they're not hardcore conservative Republicans, they don't send their first grader to school in hopes that that teacher will also inform them of things of a sexual nature. That is not what they do, okay? So, no surprise, most Floridians support the law. Disney's losing their mind about the law. And Dan Patrick has rightfully come out and said, I'm done funding these woke corporations. So not only is he saying we're going to push in the Senate legislation similar to what Florida has done, which has sent these corporations nuts. Also, the corporations that are coming out and decided that they're on board with sexualizing our children as early as possible, like Disney, are not going, they're no longer going to be benefiting from our money, which is the way Republicans should be treating this issue. We're not going to fund the enemy. And there's several ways we fund the enemy. One is that we invest in those companies with all of our pension funds. You know, you think your 401k matters, my 401k, my wife's IRA, you think that has a significant impact on Disney? Maybe. Maybe if we sell couple thousand dollars in one company and buying another. And you should consider those things when you're investing. Also, you know, just probably invest in index funds that like are pretty cheap and just the whole stock market. But that being said, where these people get a ton of their money is from these massive state pensions. And did you know that our state pensions don't say, hey, if you're a crazy leftist corporation that is promoting the sexualization of small children, we're not going to invest in you. Currently, we don't do that. But Dan Patrick's come out and said, not only do we need to pass laws protecting our kids in the classroom, we also need to stop funding these woke corporations. So Dade Phelan is asked, he's not even asked, he's making a speech at this Lone Star Legislative Summit. And he says that they're not going to focus on Disney in the Texas House. He actually said they're going to focus on serious kitchen table issues. And then he proceeded to talk about the strangest things like oysters. There's 13 different cr crimes for how to process an oyster. We need to get rid of that and all these different things that he wants to focus on. Things that, by the way, I don't know if there's a kitchen table in Texas talking about except for date feelings. But then he went on to say several things. He actually said um, he blasted Disney – and Lieutenant Governor Dan uh, Patrick Blast, I'm reading from Jay Root. Jay Root is a reporter of the Houston Chronicle. He's somebody who you should follow. Uh, he is not a conservative, I wouldn't say, but I would say that he uh, reports very factually on Texas politics and has a very good read on where things are going. So if you don't follow Jay Root on Twitter, you should if you are on Twitter. And um, I'm just going to read from some of his comments here. He said um, – Dade Phelan remarks today, they came during wide-ranging breakfast speech at the Lone Star Legislative Summit, which drew numerous House and Senate members. Dade Phelan's remarks came a few days after Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick blasted Disney in a campaign email saying Texas must see what is going on behind the Mickey curtain and warning against indoctrination by Disney radicals. This is following the fact that we know that Disney executives, they've come out on camera saying they're trying to put more of these LGBT transgender characters in their films that they're making for these small children because they want to normalize this sexual behavior. Speaker Phelan noted that he has a niece who works for Disney and that he'd, quote, hate to see her move back home and be unemployed. 
So he's like, hey, I don't want to not have Texas taxpayer money going to Disney because I would hate for my niece to not work for this corporation, who, by the way, is on film saying they're trying to sexualize our kids. He wanted to focus on serious kitchen table issues, criminal justice reform, health care reform, infrastructure, quality of life issues. We're going to be laser focused on that. And this is very much in the Joe Strauss vein of like I focus on water policy, not culture issues. Later on, the speaker said the House would take a very thorough look at what's being taught in schools. He doesn't think that children should be taught certain issues. But Speaker Phelan, noting he's got children who love Mickey Mouse and love Disney, said lawmakers should be mindful about how they talk about specific companies. So uh, I'm it, it, some of us are not confused as to why the left is so aggressive. And the reason they are is that not only are they being pushed and encouraged by their own people, but they know that a lot of the leading elected elite on our side don't actually dislike what they're doing. And if they do, it doesn't mean they would necessarily do it. It doesn't mean that if Dade Phelan was the CEO of Disney, he'd be like, hey, stick as many LGBT characters as possible in all of our kids shows. But it does mean that when he's in a position to simply say, hey, the taxpayers of Texas don't want to fund that. Y'all can keep doing it. That he's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to stop money from going to them because my niece works there. So if that's the mindset of the second most powerful elected official in Texas, second to Dan Patrick, then it's no surprise that the left is continuing to win the culture war even in Texas. And this is why we are going to have to fight as conservatives very hard across the Lone Star State to ensure that our voices are still heard. I'm really grateful that Dan Patrick has stepped up and pushed this. I'm also grateful that there are Republicans in the Texas House who are also taking a lot of these issues seriously. One of those issues that we've talked about is Democrat chairman, uh, Texas scorecard had the privilege of having Brian Slayton, state representative Brian Slayton from East Texas into the studio a couple weeks back and sat down and talked to him about Democrat chairmanships, why he has pushed this. And for those of you who don't know, this was not an issue in the, the party until Brian Slayton, as an elected freshman, stepped up and said, I want to fight on this issue. And it shows the power that even a freshman has to say, this is an issue, and all of a sudden it become a statewide issue. Really encouraging to see uh, Brian continue to stand firm on this. And we are actually going to end our show this week with showing you uh, the conversation that was had with Brian Slayton here at the Texas Scorecard headquarters. God bless you. Have a great week. It is 100% on us, and we don't get to blame the Democrats. I'm Brian Slayton. I'm state representative, House District 2, which is Hunt, Hopkins, and Van Zandt counties. A lot of people have asked, you know, and and also sometimes are surprised to know that Democrats serve as chairman in the Texas House, and that's 100% true. We spent a lot of money uh, in the general election to defeat Democrats. We 
Uh, a lot of narratives are written about you know how, how bad they are, how we don't want them in leadership. We don't want them to have the elected office, but yet in the Texas House, we literally give them chairmanships, which means they have more leverage and more power than they earn on election day. I don't think other members necessarily hide it. I think they just accept it. A lot of it is, is uh, the legislature is treated as just a club. I mean, there's a lot of nice people. We uh, have to hang out together and, and we go to meals and other things We're with each other a lot. So of course they want a camaraderie. And I think the Republican members don't want to mess that up. I think they're hoping that if the Democrats take over, that the Democrats will make sure they're chairman, or they just wanna have this persona as being bipartisan. The problem is what we lose while they're gaining the friendship, the bipartisan persona and all that, we're losing good conservative public policy being implemented in our life. And I've been asked, you know, what conservative legislation is killed? Well, any is possible, any on day one, because as bills are moving, like I say, these Democrat chairmen can say, hey, y'all have this important bill in these committees. We're gonna, those are dead on arrival, because why? These are moving and it just holds our bills hostage. And you know, we don't get hearings on the Trump wall. We don't get hearings on um, banning in-state tuition for illegals. And on and on and on, we see problems. We, the, the CRT bill we had in the regular session got watered down by the Democrats. When we do pass them, sometimes they're, like I say, a watered down version. Um, I mean, constitutional carry, I'm so happy we passed it, but we didn't pass it for 18 to 21 year olds to exercise their constitutional right. And the reason we voted against that, it had to do with some deal making. People say that if we don't allow Democrats to be chairman, then somehow we're gonna look just like DC. Well, it is possible DC might do a few things right, possibly. Because when you see up in Congress, we're trying to win the House back. That's the talk up in DC. Guess what? If Republicans around the country show up and vote and we have the majority in the U.S. Congress, we aren't punished with Nancy Pelosi's leadership. That seems like a pretty common sense strategy, common sense, you know, uh, a result of, a, of Republicans showing up to vote. In Texas, you're about to see what, six or seven, eight, nine months, bashing Beto, bashing AOC, the Democrats, and, the, and Joe Biden's failed policies. But what they don't want to tell you is that if Beto was running for Texas House of Representatives, he could be a chairman. Nancy Pelosi could be a chairman. All these Democrats they want to point to could be a chairman in the Texas House of Representatives. So in a way we look worse than DC. What does it say about our Republican leadership? That there are Republicans that instead of them becoming an actual chairman in the Texas House, they would rather vote to give it away to Democrats because there's 30 something committees. There's Republicans that are not gonna be chairman of the Texas House and a lot of members down there live for that title. Let me tell you.
They live for the title of being called chairman. And the reason they're not is because they themselves vote and support giving the chairmanship to Democrats. It doesn't make sense to me or a lot of Republican voters why we do this to ourselves. And I don't really care if someone thinks we look like DC. We need to stand up for Texas, period. And if that means making sure Republicans are the chairman, we should do that. So I realized this problem with Democrat being chairman just as an observer and then as a candidate. And then of course, once I won, I felt like this was an issue that needed to be addressed because it literally sets a tone for the session. And, and basically, are Republicans going to be in the driver's seat, or are we going to, uh, you know, are we going to have to to fight tooth and nail for everything just because we've now handed off chairmanships to the Democrats? So, worked on the the amendment, and it just says that at the time the speaker appoints the committee chairs, he has to choose from those in, in the majority party, which it just says we're going to do the will of the people. I think that's a very common sense amendment. If the Democrats wind up getting the majority, Texans at that future date and time, if it happens, they deserve to have the leadership they vote for. They liked my amendment, obviously, because they claimed my amendment was going to help take away all these bad ones, but they wouldn't say they support it. Uh, they wanted me to pull it down. That was very clear. I believe there's a lot of momentum to, to get this change uh, to change Democrat chairman, mainly because the voters are becoming aware of it. Uh, a lot of people didn't know. They didn't have a clue. They just assumed that the battle is in the general election. And a lot of voters kind of check out, right? Once we win and they say, oh, Republicans have control of the House, a lot of voters say, oh, thank goodness, you know, I can trust the, the Republicans to go fight. And they don't understand what we've done with the power they've given us. But because voters have woken up to this and are aware of it, I think it has a better chance. Um, I still don't know if it will, because I just don't know if the will of the Republican body wants it. It it will be very interesting because it means that Republicans want Democrats to be in charge. We're we're fighting for the very soul of our state and our country. We're in the middle of a culture war, and there are Republicans who think. You know, one of the most important things we can do is make sure Democrats have a chairmanship. So I think more people know about it, more voters know about it. And some legislators have completely changed their position and are now supportive of it. And I'm very thankful that they're now on board. So if this passes, if, if we wind up getting in the rules that only the majority party can be chairman, Implementing conservative public policy in our lives has just increased dramatically. The second thing it does is it puts more pressure on us Republicans because now we're not going to be able to say, oh, it died in committee or it died in the process. We ran out of time. We are literally in control of what's happening in that body. No one can you know, mess up the plans by killing these other bills because they're a chairman. We literally are gonna be in the driver's seat and the Democrats will have to fight as though they don't have the votes to stop a lot of things. So it has the potential for great things to happen in Texas, but it also puts way more of a burden on the Republican elected official and our leadership. 
caucus chair, speaker of the house, because now if we don't pass these items, it is 100% on us and we don't get to blame the Democrats. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas.